1: you actually don't hello
0: i'm minnie driver and on my podcast mini questions i ask trailblazers across different disciplines the same seven questions questions about the inflection points in their life what they like least about themselves and what relationship has defined love for them this season i'm coming back with new trailblazers like blondie vocalist debbie harry journalist and television host jeremy clarkson editor-in-chief of Instar Magazine, Laura Brown, and creative juggernaut, Goldie. Join me as we continue this exploration on season two
1: of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.
0: Billie Eilish shared her thoughts on porn and how watching it negatively impacted her sex life. Ben Affleck had some thoughts about his sobriety and his divorce from Jennifer Gardner. And we're talking with BuzzFeed's Ahi Sosifo about the season finale of Succession. It's December 15th,
1: 2021. Hey, friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Shyla Watson. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. All right, so to start things off, Billie Eilish recently revealed what she thinks about porn and how watching it has affected her. On an episode of Howard Stern's XM show, Billy said, quote, As a woman, I think porn is a disgrace, adding that she was 11 years old when she started watching it. She also said that she felt it warped her perception of what sex should look like.
2: The first few times I, you know, had sex, I was not saying no to things that were not good. And it's because I thought that that's what I was supposed to be attracted to. And... I just, I am, I'm so angry that porn is so loved, and I'm so angry at myself for for thinking that it was okay, and, and um, it, it, it just is, the, the way that like vaginas look in porn is f-ing crazy, no vaginas look like that, women's bodies don't look like that, we don't come like that, we don't f- it, it, it enjoy things that are what it looks like people are enjoying.
0: You know, chances are she didn't see porn that was made for and by women. And that's really unfortunate. And I so deeply understand her anger, the anger that you thought this was how it was supposed to be.
1: And it's not. And you didn't even enjoy it. That's fucked up. That would make me angry, too. Yeah, and I can't believe that she started watching porn at 11. And I think a lot of women over the years have spoken out about how it breeds insecurities because you're watching something that you're not experiencing. And so you think that you're doing something wrong when that's not the case at all. All right, moving on, on a different episode of The Howard Stern Show, Ben Affleck said he felt, quote,
0: trapped during his marriage to Jennifer Garner, claiming that's what led him to drink excessively before they ultimately, quote, grew apart.
2: I was trapped. You know, I was like, I can't leave because of my kids, but I'm not happy. What do I do? And what I did was like, you know, drink a bottle of scotch and fall asleep on the couch, which turned out not to be the solution.
1: Oh, shy I God. hate <laughs> all of this. Wow. First of all, be quiet. You don't need to just openly drag your ex-wife. Secondly, I don't think that you can blame someone else for your addiction. And third from the public's perspective, she was nothing but supportive of him throughout. Wait. Yeah. What was that? What was that tweet that you sent me before? It was so good. Oh my God. That he said, Oh, you know, I would like still be drinking if I was married to Jennifer Garner, but then she was seen like literally carting him away to rehab three years after they were separated. Um, And so it's just like, she was always so supportive of him and, She's just trying to move on with her life. And, like, he's out here with his new relationship. And even if their marriage has something to do with his drinking, I also think that his sobriety has something to do with her, too. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Yeah,
0: 100%. Yeah, but I I think ultimately what you said, like, he should not and cannot be blaming this on her. No, not at all. That's just not okay. All right, so moving on, this past Sunday, another season of Succession came to an end with another gut-wrenching and shocking finale. Today, we're joined by BuzzFeed's Ahis Osifo to talk about some of the season's best moments. So if you haven't watched the finale yet, you might want to skip some of this conversation, but also maybe just stick around. It's going to be a fun one. Hi, Ahis, Thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, y'all.
3: Thanks for having me.
0: I am uh, ready to talk about Succession <laughs> with you because I know how much you love Succession. <laughs> yes, and I love white men whiting, <laughs> messy white men. Okay, so Succession just wrapped up this past Sunday, which I'm upset about because why nine episodes and not ten?
3: Anyways, it's honestly on. it's weird and it's rude and it's giving me Game of Thrones flashbacks, that I don't like
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if you could sum up your reaction to this season in only five words. What would they be? Okay,
3: Logan Roy is my king.
0: Oh my God! Why is that your first take? <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry,
3: like the A's. finesse, the finesse of Logan Roy. Like he What's had them all in the first. I half, thought you the were second no, half. I thought the you were going to say half. Logan Roy hates his kids. That's. What I, I mean, I, I would saying. hate my kids too. They're not good kids. <laughs> the fuck? I mean, I'm sorry. Like his kids aren't great, and they were all out here trying to stage a coup, and he was like, "I cooed yeah, you." because he's trying to kick them out. Eh? He's sucks the suck. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I, can't. I, I cannot
0: believe. I, can. I cannot believe this is where we're starting this conversation with.
3: I'm just saying nepotism got everyone nowhere. And if you don't actually <laughs> earn your position, mm, like, why mm. does he have to give it to you? Okay, None of them okay. have earned it.
1: Listen, you already mentioned Game of Thrones. And I feel like Succession at this point has become the new Game of Thrones. Like, it is HBO's biggest, most watched and talked about series now. So what do you think it is about the show that's made it so popular?
3: Actually, so... My whole thing is that I think that Succession is essentially Game of Thrones without dragons. Like, okay. I feel like like a lot take. of people <laughs> a lot of people think that Game of Thrones is like this huge fantasy series with like witches and dragons and dire wolves, which don't get me wrong, that's definitely a big part of the show, mm-hmm. but when it comes down to brass tacks, like Game of Thrones was literally several fighting families fighting for power. And that's what Succession is. It's just Several children and their father fighting for power.
0: I like this. You're not yeah. wrong. I love I like this take. take more than the first take.
3: I'm <laughs> I, say I mean, that. I cannot be mad. Like, it, did it hurt me to see Roman like crumpled on the floor and <laughs> Shiv like hell hath no fury like a woman scorned? Yes, <sighs> it did. Those, However, those, those were Renaissance paintings. Those shots. Those were. Am- I want that. I want a portrait of. Tom behind Shiv in her face when she realized what happened, like, that's going to go down in cinematic history. You know what? Okay, we are going to talk about that scene later, so
0: before, I want to talk about this. So, the show is often some of the best satire of our current political and Mm -hmm. media landscape. I mean, one of the most talked-about episodes of the season was episode six, What It Takes, in which a bunch of rich, white, Republican men get Mm -hmm. together for a conference where they essentially choose their party's next presidential nominee completely absent of any kind of representative democracy. And I mean, it's not exactly what happens in real life, but like, you know, isn't it though? So what did you feel like they got right with this episode?
3: I mean, I've seen little sprinklings of this in like other political dramas. Like I know that something similar kind of happened with Scandal, but since it was Shonda Rhimes, it was a bit more diverse in there. By diverse, I mean (laughs) Olivia Pope, and then everyone else was a white man. (laughs) But I mean, not to get all tin foil hat and everything, but I do think that people think that we live in a true democracy when it's really a perceived democracy. And it's like, we don't get to choose our options. They're already chosen. And then we get to choose one or two. So we think that we're making a choice, but in actuality, we're just spoon-fed the options that they want us to choose between. So to me, that scene of them... Because, you know, they have all the money, which means they have all the influence, they have all the power, like lobbying and, you know, like, oh, like, I'll give you money for your campaign only if you allow me to drill oil rigs or whatever, however oil works. So, like, yeah. That does, that didn't surprise me at all. Like I was watching this, and people were like, "Oh my god, this is insane!" And I was like, "Y'all, I'm ar- I've already been here. I'm glad that y'all can join <laughs> me because I knew that this is what our government was."
1: And on that note, we'll be right back with more from Aki you. Hi, I'm Robert Lamb. And I'm Joe McCormick, and we're the hosts of the science podcast Stuff to Blow Your Mind, where every week we get to explore some of the weirdest questions in the universe. Like, if sci-fi teleportation was possible, how would it square with the multitudes of organisms that inhabit our human bodies? Can we find evidence of emotions in animals like bees, ants, and crayfish? How would an interplanetary civilization function? Does free will exist? Stuff
3: to Blow Your Mind examines neurological quantities, Cosmic mysteries, evolutionary marvels, and the wonders of techno history. Basically, this show is the altar where we
1: worship the weirdness of reality. If anybody ever told you you ask the weirdest questions, it is time to come join us in the place where you belong, the Stuff to Blow Your Mind podcast.
3: New episodes publish every Tuesday and Thursday with bonus episodes on Saturdays.
1: Listen to Stuff to Blow Your Mind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Hi everybody, I'm Rachel Bonetta and I have my very own podcast called Benched with Bonetta You kidding me? Woo! I'm just here so I won't get fined You may know me from Game Day View or Game Day Morning on NFL Network, basically any shows with the word game in it odds are you'll find me there Every week I'm going to be talking about all the things I find fascinating about the NFL like breaking down games, questioning Tom Brady's genetic makeup, it's going to be great i'm also doing something that has never been done before i'm opening my dms
3: dms now open
2: we want to hear from you fans of the nfl when i woke up this morning i was feeling pretty dangerous did you commit a misdemeanor crime when you were 12 and need to tell somebody about it please for the love of roger goodell do not tell me i can be held accountable Listen every Tuesday and join me on the bench. Subscribe now and listen to the Benched with Bonetta podcast on the iHeartRadio app, on
1: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back. We're talking with BuzzFeed's Ehiso Sifo about this past season of Succession. So we have to talk about the New Yorker profile of Jeremy Strong, which painted him as a self-serious method actor who's not too fun to be around. No matter what, though, it's undeniable that his performance as Kendall is pretty incredible. So where do you come down on this? Like, is it okay to be an insufferable person if that means you're creating
3: good art i'm not an actor i don't necessarily understand what all it takes to get someone into the scene and get into the character so if this is what he needs to do to get us the kendall roy performance then i'm not that upset so long as he's not causing himself bodily harm and other people's psychological harm
0: Okay. Very well put. And also for people who haven't read it too, like very, like my favorite thing that I took away from this, finding out everything about his method acting is that he thinks this show is a drama and Kiernan Culkin thinks it's a comedy. Yes. And the fact that there's no in-between for Jeremy Strong, that that does hurt my brain a little bit, but I'm just going to let him be
3: him. But I also think that the fact that Kieran Culkin is going into this and he's like, oh, yeah, it's a comedy. And Jeremy Strong is like, absolutely not. This is a riveting drama. (laughs) That is just so indicative of also who their characters are and like their tensions on screen. Because Kendall is like, can you not be you? And Roman's just like, it's not even that deep. Like, calm down. So I think it definitely adds to the tension of the show. Like, as long as he's not out here pulling a Jared Leto and, like, sending, like, pig hearts or whatever. Ever to people on set he like jared leto was a menace on the set of suicide squad because he was method as well but he was a terror on set and he was upsetting everyone he was sending people uncomfortable gifts making people uncomfortable because that's what the joker did and i'm like okay there's so long as you're method by yourself word <laughs> like daniel day lewis He lived as Lincoln for seven months, but he did that on his own. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so before we talk about
0: the finale, I want to talk about the other biggest shocks of the season, which came during the penultimate episode when Roman accidentally sent his father a dick pic. Other than the shock factor, what did you think was so effective about this moment? Because it
3: encapsulated so much. It was... Seeing that happen and that cult, this is also like a reason why I know we're not at the, the finale yet, but this is a reason why I support Logan's decisions. Like <laughs> you can't if you're that careless with your body, how are you? like how are you gonna treat a company? And it's like, I don't know. And then the whole thing with Jerry, oh my oh God, I can't even get into it. I just can't I can't. That that made me more stressed than anything. Like, could like, you imagine? Yeah. Oh, sending no. your penis to your father. Like, I, I just imagine I that scene of Annalise <laughs> Keating being like, Why is your penis on a dead girl's phone? Like, yes. I just imagine my like girl and Roy. <laughs> <laughs> they, I, just can't, I just imagine Logan Roy being like, Why is my son's penis on my phone? Oh my
0: God. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely he definitely didn't have a good
3: opinion of his of his son after that. (laughs) I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. I'm going to be honest.
1: (sighs) Okay, so, I mean, let's just get into the finale. I mean, it is probably one of the best season finales in TV history. So if you had to pick just one moment from the finale as your favorite moment, what would that be? Oh, wait, he's before you say it, I also want to, okay, I want to do a recap for people who
0: haven't seen the finale and are listening. Basically, they are at their mother's wedding And basically the three kids, all of a sudden they feel like something not good is going down and they come to realize that their dad is effectively trying to take the company away from them and sell it so they could never be in charge. But the three of them are like, we can do it. We can be in charge. So they try and like pull some stuff with like some shareholder seats and it does not work out because they show up and their own flesh and blood father basically says that he hates them all and they can go fuck themselves. Did I I do a good job, Ace? Did I do it? Yeah.
3: (laughs) And you know what I say to that? Amazing television.
0: (laughs) Yes. Oh, 100%. My heart was pounding for the last 15 minutes.
3: My heart was pounding the entire episode. The entire season.
0: So I know, I know that you love the moment with Logan because you say Logan is king. But what was there another point in that finale that just really stood out for you?
3: I guess, okay. Aside from Logan Roy being my lord and savior, The scene where Roman is like collapsed on the floor, like he's literally like sitting on the floor and like Kendall comes behind him to kind of like, just like place his hand on his shoulder and how that mirrored the scene where Kendall was on the floor. Like I think after he left to rehab and Roman was comforting him, like just those parallels together. I was like, wow, that was just like a beautiful, the whole episode in general, was just so, so much was said in the non-verbal. Like, it was just, like, one of those, you couldn't take your eyes off screen because even the littlest things had so much meaning, maybe even more meaning than the things that were said. Like, Shib's face when she realized what Tom did. Tom's not going to be alive for very much longer. Well... Your Logan is king is on his side. So no, I mean, here's the thing Logan, I love. Tom, I think, is a spineless. Piece of shit. He he definitely is, but his heart was hurt because his wife doesn't
0: love him.
1: I love. That. I
3: mean, that's one problem. Him Maybe to if make he was decision. better.
1: Is Tom Mister Darcy? <laughs> yes, yes,
0: you're correct, Shyla. That he is Mister Darcy. <laughs> is Tom
3: Mister Darcy? Which is
0: full, which is full circle because Ace did name her cat after Mister Darcy. So we're really yes. having a good moment here.
3: So that's um, how you know how much I despise Tom, especially <laughs> in this season. Because I love Matthew McFadden. Like I love him. I I love him as Mr. Darcy. I love him him and Anna Karenina. But I mean, don't get me wrong, their marriage is, if you can even call it a marriage. (laughs) But I think Shiv gets the shit end of the stick because she doesn't love him. But also like he is out here being conniving and like, you know, being a weasel behind her back. I think they're both equal parties in not being good spouses for each other. They he just are. came out on
0: top. He did come out on top. And you know what? Good for him. He spent ha- he spent even though I was like, Tom, fuck you, but he did spend half the season thinking he was going to jail. So
3: Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's yeah. that. That's I feel like that's just all business people though. No? They kind of always <laughs> that, are you're, you're waiting not for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> or maybe the next season will bring maybe this will bring Shiv and Tom closer together. Because maybe she'll be like, he does have a spine maybe we'll see
0: uh we'll see shiv can go either way there okay but but bringing that up next season i'm wondering i'm wondering like you know like there's so much praise for this show and i'm wondering if there's anything you thought succession could have done better this season or like you know what you're hoping for in a season four
3: i'm definitely hoping for i mean honestly like with the show like this and it's like similar with like game of thrones and like similar with like these kind of like you know, family dramas with like the interconnectingness of it all. I almost don't want to have predictions because I like going in and seeing where the story takes me. Because when I started Succession, I thought I was going to just be 100% Team Greg. I was like, Team Greg deserves everything. Love <laughs> Greg, love Nicholas Braun. He's going to be the Succession. And now, like every, se- it seems like almost every season I end up loving a different member of the family. So it's like, I don't want to like go in with like predictions or go in with like, you know, this is what I want. Because if I don't get it, then I'll be upset. But if I do get it, then I'm going to be like, well, I don't know. Like I wanted to be surprised, but I will say in an ideal world, I would love a throuple between Shiv and Tom and Greg.
1: Greg no. and Shiv are
3: related, Ahis. Like... No. I mean, no. that's what makes it Game of Thrones. No. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> you have to leave now, A's. You have to leave. <laughs> Listen, Game of Thrones already sent the, set the precedent that in fictional television, familial ties don't matter. This isn't real life. It's Please delete it's, that from my It's brain. familial. I mean, okay. It's, it, it's, it's TV. It's fiction. So in an ideal world... I'm not saying Shiv and, and Greg gotta no. get it on. But I want I'm cu- Shiv no, to be okay I'm, with I'm, Tom I'm cutting you and off Chris. and I mean
0: I mean the opposite of what I'm about to say. Thank you so
3: much for joining us today. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me. Can't wait for the next season. You know, who's who's to say what's gonna happen between, you know, Tom nope. and Greg? Bye. No. no. Love you, bye. <laughs>
1: That's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, staying together for the kids is usually not a great idea. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app or
0: wherever you go for your podcasts. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of the biggest stories on BuzzFeed, coming to you daily.
1: Hello.
0: Hello. Hi. Oh my God, I want to come through the screen and hug you.
1: Hey everybody,
0: Jessica Zor here,
1: also known as Vanessa Abrams on Gossip Girl. I am so excited to share my new podcast with you guys. It's called XOXO and it's a walk down memory lane all about Gossip Girl. I'll chat with some of the cast, crew, fans of the show. And I'm just so pumped for you guys to go on this journey with me.
3: Hi, I'm Ed Westwick. I played Chuck Bass.
1: Is this Michelle Trachtenberg?
0: I'll never tell.
2: Hey, I'm Taylor Momsen and I play Jenny Humphrey.
3: Hi, I'm Sebastian Stan and
0: I played Carter
2: Payson. That was one of the reasons I liked
1: the character Jenny so much is that she was very relatable. The whole thing was such a joy for me to do. And I was just so thankful that people responded the way they did to what we were
0: doing. This really was just like wonderful. I like have like warm feelings inside. Yeah, me too. I'm
1: giving you air hugs. Listen to XOXO on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Hello, hello. Hey, I don't know if you heard, but my podcast, Checking It, has been nominated for the NAACP Image Award in the category of Outstanding Lifestyle and Self-Help Podcast. I'm grateful for the nomination. I, I almost didn't even do a podcast because I was just wondering, there are thousands of podcasts out there and why is my voice needed? But a nomination from the NAACP lets me know that um, I made the right choice and I encourage you to do. Don't worry if there are thousands of something else that you want to do. No, nobody has your sauce. So listen, you can still vote. Go to vote.naacpimageawards.net. You have until February 5th, um, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And please listen to my podcast. We're a part of the Black Effect Podcast Network on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for checking in.